it's actually one of the reasons I pitched for wanting this job to the Chief Minister because I was really keen. One of the reasons I stood for election was to re I wanted to see government kind of reconnect with islanders in meaningful ways and actually sport is, and physical activity is a really meaningful way that we can do that and I've really noticed that some people have responded to me who may not have engaged with what we call like a traditional sport remit it makes it very sensible that we just take a breath and take a look at this and I, I think and my understanding is that's that's what's happening so it's not it's not cancelled we're not never building anything ever again we'd already set a priority um, as a ministerial priority for this year for 2023 to develop a an elite sports strategy performance pathway and um, still to be decided to give it a proper name but we've tagged it elite sports strategy and we'd we'd set that before actually we've heard about the jersey sport foundation i'd love to be able to find a mechanism that would provide some more access to funding for those clubs jersey sports obviously been set up um over five years now and i think it is a sensible time to take a look um at um, what we're doing and how it's working. I'm really excited that we've got a, um, a dedicated sports officer starting in the department next month. Prior to that, the, the staff that we had were, were arts, culture, heritage and sport, which is a huge reinforcement, isn't it? So to have a, a person who is dedicated to sport is a real opportunity, I think. Hello and welcome to Sportscast Jersey. It's our first podcast for a while. Um, first one of 2023, so Happy New Year, everyone. Um, today we are joined by the Jersey Sports Minister, Lucy Stevenson. Um, how are you, Lucy? How was your Christmas? I'm good, thank you. And um, yeah, it was it was nice to have a, a bit of a rest over Christmas. Christmas. I think it's all been quite chaotic over the past few months. So was, I, I felt good to have that opportunity. Um, but yeah, re raring to go now. We're in 2023. Good, good. Um, well, I suppose the first question is, how has the experience been so far for you personally? I suppose my answer to your last question reflects that a little bit, that it's been very busy. Um, obviously, I was completely new to this. It's my first time in the States Assembly altogether. So it's it's been a very big learning curve in many ways. But obviously, particularly around the sports remit as well, there's a lot a lot to to get to grips with. Even if you you think you have a feel for it, or you know, there's so many people um, to meet, which has been absolutely amazing. That's been the best bit about it, chatting to people. But um, yeah, lots to get to grips with. So a learning curve and, and very very busy. I feel very much. Like um, I've done a lot of engagement and thinking and learning over the past few months. And now um, I, I feel ready to really focus and get into that delivery mode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for people who might not know that much about yourself and don't follow you on Twitter or uh, what have you, what are your own kind of experience with sport and how important do you think sport is for Jersey? 
So growing up, I was always a netball player. Um, and um, I'm, I'm not claiming that I was a very good netball player. I think I represented the island when I was 11 and 12 and 13. And, and then that was about it. But um, I always really loved sport from a young age. Um, and it was around friends who did and family who very much did. So it's always been in my life, I suppose. I've taken it for granted, I think, as a lot of people do. Um, I've then, as I've got older, right, as happens with lots of people, life and work and children and everything does get in the way. Um, and I, But I've really seen, um, I suppose, our family kind of rekindle a love of being out and about with sport, not just watching it on the TV at home on a Sunday, thanks to my children and particularly my older one who would just do any sport that's going at the moment. So it's, you know, it's football, rugby pitches at the weekends, that kind of thing stood out in the cold. Um, after the birth of my second child um, 18 months ago, I took up karate as well with my older son as a way for us to have some time together. He was already starting to do it. And I thought, hang on, that looks interesting. So um, I know that some people will look at, you know, an, an overweight coming up to middle age. I'm not going to say I'm middle age yet. I'm not even sure really what middle age is now. But um, women uh, as a sport minister. But actually, I think that's actually part of it to me as well and I've really noticed that some people have responded to me who may not have engaged with what we call like a traditional sport remit um so I, so I think that's really interesting yeah for sure and obviously you've been on that island for a long time and how important do you, would you say sport is to this island and to the people of this island as well I mean it's it's hugely important and it touches so many lives. It's actually one of the reasons I pitched for wanting this job to the chief minister, because I was really keen. One of the reasons I stood for election was to re I wanted to see government kind of reconnect with islanders in meaningful ways. And actually sport is, and physical activity is a really meaningful way that we can do that. And even if you, you don't necessarily call it sport in your world, actually there is the potential for it to touch our lives in really meaningful ways. So it's hugely important. We've obviously then got so many amazing clubs, clubs and organisations running. You know, we've got so many opportunities for sport, um, watching sport, playing sport. We've got our challenges, haven't we? You know, we're a small island and, and getting off the island and competing at different levels and different competitions is always a challenge. But um, I think we rise to it in so many ways. And, um, I, I'd say Jersey's an incredible sporting island. We could we could always there's opportunities to always improve that, and and I think that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, it's it's hugely important, and we've we've actually got from the economy department some data, hopefully, which can help to back that up soon. It's great as all you know people who love sport and passionate about it saying how important it is. But sometimes you need that data, particularly if you're trying to have conversations with fellow politicians around money um yeah. especially um so that some work's been carried out about the value of sport to jersey not just at an economic level although it does touch on that but at a community level health um health prevention and, and that kind of thing so um i'm looking forward to that data being there to help back up those conversations good absolutely it's much needed the funding side of things is key especially as you say on an island um well, I went to Twitter and asked people to ask some questions. Um, the first one of those is coming up now. and It's about school and how important it is to include sport in school. And um, 
do you think there should be a mandatory time um, of phys- physical activity in the day, even if it's just half an hour of walking or just to get them active during the school day? Yeah, I mean, I know the curriculum touches on on that kind of thing, but I am aware that it, it could be better and it, it there's, it's open to interpretation in many, many ways, isn't it? Um, and I think it's an, an ongoing challenge, I'm sure, for schools and, and those higher up the chain who are setting those um, kind of targets. For me, one of the really interesting conversations I've had in recent months has been with a few people who've kind of talked to me about young children and up to even mid-teens, actually about how um, it's, it's obviously sport and physical activity is hugely important, but play and the role that play has in it. And it's not necessarily about getting you, you play football, you play rugby, you play hockey or whatever. It's about movement and play and learning a love of all of those things. Um, And I found that conversation really enlightening, actually, Um, especially when I've got a seven-year-old who I'm sending to all of those things. I'd love to work on something like a play strategy, actually, that spreads across multiple departments and looks at what the island does for that. There is a review underway, I, I believe, through sites, so I'm not involved with it about um, PE in the school curriculum um, and I'll be interested to learn more about that as well because also you know it's about fostering a love of sport isn't it yeah. um, so I think there's multiple things at play there it's for me it's not as simple as just saying let's have an allocated amount of time I know there are some great initiatives I think like the daily mile um, and challenges where they do get get them running around pitches yeah, yeah. I I also think it's important for us all to recognise that traditional sport or traditional movement doesn't work for everybody. Um, one of the groups that I've met recently was the Jersey Petonk Association, and they talked about going into secondary schools and playing petonk with um, young people that actually wouldn't normally take part in what we see as sports after school groups. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, another question that came in just last night was, about getting information to the school kids, to the school parents, about clubs outside of school as well. Um, obviously, as you say, not everyone's going to be, um, be interested, of course, but how can we get more information into schools about what kind of sports they could do out of school as well? Yeah, that's a really, really good point, actually, and I'll, I'll take that on board as well. Um, I think we've got, um, Jersey Sport, I know, do some work around that. And I, I do see it through their own school newsletters, but I'm sure it, it really depends on who's got links where. So actually, yeah. that's a really important point. And also, I'd say as well, um, how people access those groups. You know, some people are um, very lucky that we can, can afford to send children to clubs and can get them there because location is a challenge sometimes as well and with families working and sometimes multiple jobs how do you have the time to do that so there are there are other challenges around access as well not just the information but I yeah I take that point I think it's a, a worth worth following up on absolutely um moving to talk about the inspiring active places project how is that going? Tell people a bit more about that if they aren't already aware of it as well. 
So I'm, the Inspiring Active Places project um, is a, a plan put together to invest in sports facilities, um, well-being hubs across the island. Um, obviously, we've got some some great facilities at the moment, but they do need upgrading and rebuilding, you know, every few decades as well. So it's a plan that looks at, at how that is all going to work long term. It doesn't, it sits under the um, remit of the infrastructure minister. And um, currently there is in the, in the government plan that we've just agreed there, I, I will I, I don't mind saying there's not huge amounts of money allocated to it. And I think one of the reasons from a personal perspective, as I say, it's not under my remit, but obviously have an interest in it. There are a few things going on in the world currently, which I think we, we need to just take a look and I suppose reassess some of those priorities there. It's not saying that's going to be cancelled and we're never going to build anything ever again. It's just this is a very sensible moment in time when there's been some huge challenges um, around, you know, well, all sorts of things, hasn't there? But that are pushing up rising costs. We've got other challenges putting pressure on um, government funding as well. Um, we've also I'm very, very aware that um, we've as a government, we often over promise on capital projects and then very much under deliver. And um, the CNAG has emphasized that point as well we've got the hospital to build um and we we keep going on about building more houses as well you know there's some major projects in there that actually are very likely to clog up the system with capacity so all of that together in my mind makes it very sensible that we just take a breath and take a look at this and i i think and my understanding is that's that's what's happening so it's not it's not cancelled we're not never building anything ever again there are projects as part of it which are continuing um, and had money allocated already. So the Oakfield project, um, it will get under, well, it's part of it's been done, but Oakfield phase two will will start this year. So um, that's where we are really with it. Um, another question which came in last time, which is kind of linked to that is um, when obviously we have bad weather here in Jersey, um, we have a lot of grass pitches. Is there any... Um, I suppose Oakfield is part of that. Any places where or any plans in place to um, create more outfield weather friendly kind of facilities um, like 4G pitches, 3G pitches? Um, my understanding at the moment, I don't think there's any further projects that come to mind immediately for me. Um, that are underway that I would be aware of, but I know that sites and schools have various um, applications that are underway. And I know that because people were asking questions from an environmental perspective about it as well. And the environment minister and his officers went to a great effort to do some research around that as well. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think we, we are definitely seeing a movement towards that, but I, I do know that, Lots of people are valuing the grass pit. I, you know, I could almost count on both hands the number of people. Well, no, turn this back to grass. Well, no, can we have this as a 4G pitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I'm not quite sure where I stand on it, actually. All At the moment, we seem to have a, a mix and a balance. Um, yeah. Far spending a million pounds on something that is basically both. <laughs> I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. 
Um, one one that is on the way is Springfield. Um, is there any indication of when the gym, the new improved facility, is going to be ready? Due um, to open in the spring is now the time scale on that. Um, again, I, I actually had a tour round before Christmas and it's coming along brilliantly and there's some really lovely spaces in there that I think, you know, people are really going to appreciate when we do get in there. I, you know, hands up. Yeah, we know it's behind schedule, um, but everyone is really working hard to bring it together. There were there was just some unforeseen circumstances um, that are beyond my technical <laughs> know-how to properly explain there, but that's set the project back and then um, a few just delays that you do just tend to get with capital projects. So we're looking at springtime and it's all really looking great there. Good, good. Excited. Um, with that, the what region users are going to be impacted because of the closure? Um, firstly, have you found a place, a home for every sports team that uses Fort Region um, as their training facility? I have been reassured um, when I took on this remit. It was one of the questions I asked early on, and I was reassured that it it that was all well in train um, and and handled. I know there are some still up there, and again linked to Oakfield. I think um, particularly as well. So there are plans in place. Some have chosen to find their own um, solutions as well. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I've been reassured that 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 has been is being handled and things can change um and and also i haven't had anybody come to me and say they are unhappy but obviously my inbox is always open good good um and socially as well a lot of people got there to play sports like squash table tennis racquetball badminton um will the facility stay open for them because obviously the rocket the rocket plans have been delayed um and that's where I believe the squash was going to go. Um, will the sport stay open for them whilst they don't have a place to go, or is there any other alternatives for them? So the um, the plan is for all sport to come out of um, come out of Fort Region by the end of end of the year. It's the current yeah. plan that we're working to. When the new gym at Springfield opens. The staff who are all based at the fort, um, the active and um, sports facilities staff, will all move down to um, Springfield. So it's it's a staffing thing, okay. really, um, because it, it would, you know, there's only a certain number of people and you can't have them in two places running two facilities. So my understanding is that it, I, and I don't know quite the dates within the year there, um, I can I can find out, but uh, that it would all move out of there. I know I've been made aware of challenges around badminton, for example, and community badminton. Um, there are conversations underway about how all of that is facilitated, um, and uh, there is capacity at, at some places, particularly at Kennebay, where things could be moved around and fitted into timetables, etc. So there are options available. Good, good. Um, plenty of questions are coming in terms of entry-level sport and starting sport from different groups within the society, from carers to menopausal women. 
Um, is there any support in place where they can go and get help or advice about getting into sport? I think this is one of the really exciting opportunities with if we can manage to bring a bit more joined up thinking, particularly across government, but then wider and bringing in um, charities and groups and um, agencies as well. Because as we said right at the beginning, sport has huge potential and can touch on people's lives um, in so many ways. And um, I think it, there's some really exciting opportunities there um, that actually can come up in conversations that you have across departments. It doesn't have to be, let's create a project for menopausal women. Um, it, it could feed into the women's health strategy, for example, and, and come under that. Um, there's lots of, yeah, lots of potential there. We just need to, I think, get a bit more joined up about how we do that. Champion sport so that people are thinking about it. Um, I know it is on many people's radar and and as policy is being developed as well but it's just really about relentlessly reminding people of the uh I've, I've taken it on as a bit of a mission to just kind of try to do that as i think a sports minister should do as well um so lots of potential there and very much open open to ideas as well and, and opportunities for sure and i think it's brilliant that those kind of questions are coming because people are interested in sport interested in getting into it but they just need that extra help, extra even funding or support or um, to get into sport. Um, and next question is about Jersey Sport Foundation. Obviously, um, speaking to one of the staff, and I'm not going to name the names, um, staff mem members, it sounded like it um, closed down pretty suddenly. Um, what It's kind of left a hole for those who want to go elite in sport and push on in their careers in sport in a bit of a hole in funding-wise, mm -hmm. support from the government, where can they find that now? Is there something going to in place to be um, put in place to replace Jersey Sport Foundation? So I, we'd already set a priority um, as a ministerial priority for this year, for 2023, to develop a an elite sports strategy performance pathway, um, still to be decided to give it a proper name, but we've tagged it an elite sports strategy. And we'd, we'd set that before, actually, we heard about the Jersey Sport Foundation, because obviously that was... Although it was based at the fort, it was it wasn't anything to do with government, and it was private money and private investment. Um, so obviously it was an unfortunate um the closure and um and what it's it's meant to athletes who use those facilities. But in many ways, it also means that it's even more important that we'd put that there as a priority to start looking at elite sport. I um during my early phases and conversations trying to work out what priorities would be it was for me very much a case of looking at there's all an awful lot of really good work going on in the like physical activity health side um, of things with sport clubs and associations do some great work um across sports as well I know there could be more support and there could be more funny but there's great stuff going on there but at the elite level there appeared to be a gap um, and then that gap has got got greater. So that's why we'd 
we've put that as a target. That's one of the things we really need to focus on this year. Um, at this stage, there is no government funding. Um, the plan is to um, get um, a strategy together. And then if we decide we need some funding, then we would pitch for it in the next government plan um, for implementation next year. Yeah, and I think that's that's really important because you see a lot of, again, I don't know if it's to do with support that they get, but you see Mayor Leticia, you see um, Cameron Charm, Chalmers um, and even Harry Scott in the championship. At the moment, um, there's not many names going professional from Jersey um, in their fields. Obviously, Luke House is doing well and a few other the Jersey footballers in Fulham Academy um, and a few rugby players. But what, what more do you think we can do to get Jersey names out there and out professional fishing in sport. The my view from early discussions, although it's still to be very much developed, is that um, by having a performance pathway um, that works with sports and supports them to help recognise potential and and nurture potential. Um, and having that pathway. Now, I'm not suggesting that Jersey funds all bells or whistles for every sport going, but it's about acting as an, for me, acting as an enabler on that pathway to help guide those people um, through a system to the point where they can access, um, as you've said there, you know, opportunities in other places that are absolutely top of their game for these kind of things into the academies into the universities with the swimming programs etc cetera, etc cetera. in doing that it, it doesn't just help those those people who are already there at that stage it helps others see that that is um you know that's possible yeah and that and it, it links back and it inspires people at all levels not just that if they've got the talent as well um, it also helps the families and, and support system around them there. So I think um, by working together and, and supporting the sports, because they will need some development as well themselves. And, you know, investing in coaching and sports development type work, it all works together in that. And I, I think there's a gap there at the moment that we can, I'm not saying we can fill it all, but we can start and we can create a plan for how we could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was clear to see at the Commonwealth Games just how much talent there is, and um, there's definitely room to improve their support. And how did you find the Commonwealth Games? Did... So I, um, it was a, a little bit of a bizarre experience for me because it was about one week into my appointment, and it was. Oh, you're going to the Commonwealth Games. I actually didn't get to watch any sport, unfortunately. And yeah. I went to the sports minister's meeting, which was really interesting on a, a very, you know, political, international relations kind of stage. Um, I mean, the the vibe in the city was incredible. It, you could really, really feel it. And I know the chief minister who, who did go a few days later really, really felt that as well. Um, so yeah, it was positive, and I I, I found it really inspiring um, to see what other countries were doing and how they were setting their goals. 
um, and really how very, very serious sport is taken in around the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another question that came in is, do you think, we've, we've talked about funding a lot, but do you think the funding is going to the right areas and do the clubs deserve more funding directly? I'd love to find a way that we could support clubs and associations um, more than than currently happens. And I know it is something that, I mean, it's something that I've heard every, every club and association I go to, basically. And, and especially around things like facilities as well, where there are big projects. And I know some of the challenges around changing rooms when you've then got more women wanting to play football, for example, that kind of thing as well. Um, I'd love to be able to find a mechanism that would provide some more access to funding for those clubs. Quite what that is at this stage, I'm not sure. Um, I think in, in my view, I think we might need to be a little bit creative with how it works. I, I, I don't see that coming just from general government funding currently but I think that you know there's some things we could look at um to see how we could help to improve that I'm also conscious that you know we we all know that the the lottery proceeds um are reducing as well um and so there will be smaller pots for sports groups to access um via the community foundation so it is. It's on my list of things to look at, but I can't make any promises, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing is Jersey Sport. Are you happy with the work that they're doing for sport in Jersey? I've loved getting to know Jersey Sport and the the people working there. There's some really great people um, with like the passion and the ideas and everything. It, it's incredible. Um, Jersey Sport's obviously been set up. Um, over five years now and I think it is a sensible time to take a look um, at um, what we're doing and how it's working and also government's relationship with Jersey Sport and I don't mean that on an individual level but on a you know on a, a process and policy level um, to see how we are working together um, to deliver to the island so I think it's a sensible time to take a look and um, I'm looking forward to to doing that, working with Jersey Sport on that. We, you know, we've got a good working relationship personally with with the team there, and um, I've got another presentation from them later this week to find out about more work that they're doing. And um, I'm really enjoying getting to know them. Good, good. Um, another question about a facility actually came in um, quite late last night as well. Swimming pool, fifty meter swimming pool. Yeah, is there any chance of that coming to Jersey? Um, the a pool was going to be, or is going to be, one of the things that would be considered at the La um development, which comes back to the inspiring active places strategy um, there. And so, I've had some early um, sight of some of the considerations when you're looking at what size pool. Um, the feedback very much seemed to be that actually there wasn't demand for it at that level, uh, at that size, um, and that the numbers that would benefit from it would be um, extremely low. And actually, even some of 
those swimmers etc that you know they felt they could get what they needed elsewhere um i've also been very enlightened with some tours around our facilities to learn about how swimming pools work a bit more and um how much they cost to run and the challenges of running pools and i'm told that the difference in cost of you know pool sizes and up to a 50 is quite significant so again it's not saying never um if that question comes up all those things will have to be considered but to my mind at the moment it seems seems a no yeah um finally what are your main goals in terms of sport and jersey for this coming year very good question. So as I said to you um, early on, it, I feel very much it's into like delivery delivery now. Come on, let's get on and, and do do some of this. I'm really excited that we've got a, um, a dedicated sports officer starting in the department next month. Prior to that, the, the staff that we had were, were arts, culture, heritage and sport, which is a huge remit, isn't it? So to have a, a person who is dedicated to sport is a real opportunity I think um to start in that delivery mode so as I say we've got the elite sports strategy um is one of our ministerial priorities along with um a more general um aim to promote the part that sport plays in improving lives and strengthening communities and I would I phrase it in that way because I think it, it comes back to there's a need to have those conversations to just champion sport in many ways to get that data that we talked about and, and really start plugging sport um, and looking at those opportunities that are out there. Um, and then developing a coordinated approach across government to sport um, to start some of that joined up thinking. I mean, one of the things I really like the idea of is um, <clears throat> could we have a network of sport champions? So people already working in departments who um, are really passionate sports people, there are so many of them, well, could, could we, you know, use, use some of that um, in a way that helps us coordinate our thinking and, and identify opportunities and, and learning there? Um, so they're some big priorities for me, but we've also got to get the basics right. And this comes back to the conversation about Jersey sport and um, government's relationship with them. Um, I there's so many exciting things we could be doing in sport but if we haven't got the basics right then they're not going to be as effective as they could be and also um, we've got to be accountable for how we're spending public money as well Um, and I'm very very conscious that I think we could improve those processes so that sounds a little bit dull but it does mean that then we lay the right foundations. So that's looking at how government develops sports policy and then how we use Jersey Sport as the delivery mechanism for that. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, Thank you for your time, Lucy. Um, We got through a lot there. (laughs) So Thank you for having me. Thank you for that. Um, It's exciting. Good luck with it all. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of people to please, so uh, don't envy the job as that at all um but yeah you're doing a great job just yeah thank you thank you no thank you very much and um yeah i appreciate everyone's time and support and um because i think you know we we all need to work together on these things don't we and um for me engagement and listening and learning is really really important so um yeah let's keep those conversations going 
Absolutely. Uh, that was Lucy Stevenson on Sportscast Jersey. Uh, thank you for watching, for listening. Um, and we'll be back with another episode very soon.